Okay, let's lead you into Thanksgiving. This is coming out on Tuesday, November 22nd. We are taking Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off because we all have family and uh, we all like eating food and watching football and falling asleep. Figure we'll give you guys a Thanksgiving break, but we're going to lead you in with a banger. And this is uh, the way that I just put it before we hit record is this might just be like a 40 minute dick around session. We, mm-hmm. we might just like hang out and laugh and have a good time. We've got very niche awards that myself, Jack McMullen, and YouTube Peter Apple and Arm Layton have come to the table with. Again, Tuesday, November 22nd, just baseball show. Peter in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Aram in Fort Lauderdale. Close enough. Jack in the Circle City, home of the Indianapolis 500, but headed to New York. So that the one time you guys are both not in New York, I'm going to be in New York. And that should prove that I really don't like you guys at all. I was going to say yeah. that's so that's so obvious. You got to be a little bit more discreet about it. So and uh, coupled with the fact that you just don't like New York. I hate New York. Yeah. Well, because we live there. Yeah. Well, like or so, well yeah, I, I wanted you guys to understand that, um, you know, it, the videos of dudes just smoking crack on the subway and screaming after they take the hit of crack. Did, yeah, I don't know which Tuesday. Twitter account. That's like a Tuesday on the subway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should you should see the outside of the just baseball studios, over by MSG over there. I heard needles. Yeah, yeah, that's couple. Yeah, but it doesn't hurt anyone. You know, you just have someone doing a little crack on the side. Yeah, just walk right by. They're Mind your own themselves. They're not going to bother you. Get over yourself. They're just yeah. doing a little crack. Oh, Get good. over yourself. Who hasn't done a little crack on the sidewalk before work? I, yeah, actually, no, I take that back. I, <laughs> I don't do crack. Can we touch on uh, now we're uh, transitioning from crack to the um, World Cup for a second. Have you guys noticed that I kind of became like a soccer analyst a little bit on Twitter there for about 15 minutes? I I withheld it. I I, I had some replies ready and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to let Peter be the soccer analyst for the day. Um, I was going to ask you some like advanced soccer questions and just see what you would reply. So follow up. uh, How did you feel about it? And who is your favorite player? So I tweeted out after the first half. Thought we were kicking the ball a little bit better than Wales was. They were. Um, I, I tweeted hard to have a better first half than USA soccer. More goals. We were up one nil. Yep. Nil. You like how I use nil? That was good. It's huge. We had more corner kicks. Yeah, That's those are good. Those, those are better than not having corner kicks. We had more fouls. Wasn't sure if that was positive, but we were winning and we had more of them. So. Common thinking is it's not positive, but but right. here's the thing that's about common fouls. thinking. I'm not a common thinker. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. So a, yeah. a lot of the fouls in the first half were around midfield, like they weren't really setting up set pieces for Wales. Set pieces yeah. are free kicks that you can actually take a shot on goal. Other set pieces of corner. The the fouls were not setting up set pieces. They were just, you know, quick stoppages in play. So you could look at that as a positive for the U.S. Like, hey, 
they were establishing physicality. So I think you're on to something, man. I think you are Galaxy Brain soccer fan now. That's what I'm saying. And then to close it, we had less saves, which means that Wales couldn't put ball on goal. Yeah, less pucks on net. Less pucks, yeah. pucks on net. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and- yeah, I, I came through. I also tweeted out USA, USA, USA when we scored. That was sick. Did um, numbies. <laughs> Immediate yeah, numbies. numbies. <laughs> Um, I like the way uh, and we, we won't were... we won't let the record show that you asked us what time the game was today uh, as well. We won't we won't Pacific let the record Eastern... we won't let the record show that you didn't know what Eastern time was today. <laughs> that's that's lying. That's lying straight into the mic. I knew I just didn't know because, for example, you were like it starts at two. I know you're in the great state of Indiana or Illinois or something. Yeah, Iowa Which, possibly. According to you, is the Middle um, East, right? Suppose, yes, the I'm Middle pretty East much in Qatar. Indiana is the Middle East. Qatar is the Middle East. That makes logical sense. It's your guys' brains that can't come to accept it, that it's the Middle East of America. Name's already <laughs> taken. Name's already taken. Bullshit. Midwest doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm not, <laughs> I'm standing with it. It doesn't make any sense. It's true. I mean, Indy's not really in the Midwest. How is Illinois in the Middle West part of the United States? That's just bad geography. But if East Coast bias come out to play right now, shouldn't you guys be like, yeah, New York City is the center of the world? No, nah, I don't give a shit about New York. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. yeah. Aram no. might not come back. Aram might hire that task rabbit that was supposed to hang his paintings and just like, hey, you know what? Empty out my apartment. I mean, where Aram and I at, skies are blue right now. In New York, right. and with global warming, skies are pretty blue out there too. <laughs> saw snow coming on in New York uh, as I fly in. But should we talk about baseball? Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Okay. Um, even talking about baseball, we're not really going to be talking about baseball. The way that we structured it was this. Each of us are bringing four very niche awards. We are going to name the award. We're going to tell you what the award means. And then we're going to give you an American League and National League winner. Asterisk. I know Peter doesn't have an AL and NL winner. Yeah, for neither do I. So speak for yourself. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you an AL and an NL winner. And then Arm and Peter are just going to do whatever the fuck they want. And we're going to have a good yeah. time for the next half yeah. hour. Cool. Well, which, by the way, highlights a stupid thing that baseball does I, I like you look at other sports for the most part it's just one award for the entire league i, I don't i don't know how i totally feel. like i've had people that are not baseball fans bring up the al and nl award to me before and and i, I kind of hear them on the mvp like imagine one mvp instead of just a national league mvp and an american league MVP. like an eastern conference mvp and a western conference mvp i don't know how i feel about that so i know for a fact they used to do one cy young award and i think they used to do one mvp award i'm not sure on the mvp thing i am sure that they used to do one cy young award but you look at football obviously you've got the nfl mvp but then you also have afc offensive player of the year nfc defensive player of the year you know what i mean so you you separate it into conferences for player of the year, um, offensive, defensive, rookie, offensive, rookie, defensive, rookie. But then you've got NFL MVP, NFL rookie of the year, right? Yeah. So I have a, but then they have offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. In each conference. Yeah. In each conference. I have a question. Aaron Judge probably would have won the MLB MVP. Yeah. Correct. I think that's pretty solid. Sandy or Verlander? Sandy. I was, so it's funny, dude. I was thinking about that yesterday, like or two days ago, where like having this similar discussion with a couple of my friends, and then it triggered a thought in my own brain where I was just like, I'm not bringing this up because my friends aren't big baseball fans, but it made me think, man, who would have won it across the whole league? I'm biased, so like I gotta wear it. Um, I I just 
think Sandy was the most impressive pitcher period with, with all that he did. And we've highlighted that, but I mean, you'll get Verlander's numbers. uh, They're pretty hard to deny. That would have been a showdown of all showdowns if it was Sandy versus Verlander. What do, what do you guys think? Again, I'm biased. I'm going to say Sandy because watching him come up and watching him reach this, you know, these heights is it's just too close to home for me to like really be objective about it. But um, yeah, what do you guys think? I I still go back to the way they used Sandy. I still go back to imagine if we got six of Sandy's best innings instead of having him go seven, eight, nine. So he's not focusing on the strikeouts. He's focusing on getting weak contacts. So all those like, you know, peripheral stats, all the strikeout numbers, all that kind of stuff, I think would have been higher if he was on the Astros who have the best bullpen in baseball, he was if he was on the Dodgers. So I still give it to Sandy. I think what he did in that amount of innings is more impressive than a 175 ERA in 175 innings, which is also kind of a funny quirk that both of them had the same ERA as they did innings. Yeah, I was I was going to say the exact same thing. Like, kind of weird, right? 175 yeah. and 175, 228 and 228. I, so they both sold their souls is what we're saying. Exactly. Correct. Correct. Okay. There are no sixes involved in either of those, which is the problem. But Maybe that's telling you something. Yeah. Sandy Alcantara threw 53 and two-thirds more innings than Justin Verlander. That's, that's so that's, many. That's so many. <laughs> that is a lot. That's Like, Verlander that's, had an injury during the season. Yeah. I no. mean, that's eight more starts. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I mean, like, the, the defense that Sandy had. I mean, I can't tell. I mean, Peter can speak to it. He had a couple bats where you saw the Marlins yeah. outfield in action. Oh, my God. Like, it, there were several, 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 several times where Sandy got hosed by his defense. And, you know, you, you look at just the accumulation of the year. I mean, the Astros are one of the best defenses in baseball. The Marlins, they they, they were good in certain spots, but overall pretty brutal. Um yeah, I think Sandy was was the most impressive pitcher, but it was it's pretty pretty tough. I, I, that's what I would have loved to have seen. Like, I wish they almost had like an ultimate award because I, I do I do wonder. It was kind of very obvious from both sides that Verlander was going to run away with it. You know, Alcantara was going to run away with it. I, it would have been interesting to see how the voters would have shaken out with those two against each other. Uh, J Rod would run MLB Rookie of the Year in a landslide, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Although you look at the numbers, I mean, Michael Harris was not far off. I tweeted that, no. you know, towards the end of the season. But yeah, he still would have won it because of just how much he took control of that team. And yeah, was, right. was Sandy's defense still on my mind? Fuck you, Brian De La Cruz. Fuck you, Jesus Sanchez. That's all I got to wow. say. Ouch. I hate them. Aggressive. Hate them the outfield. God, they ruined so I, many unders. Are we ready for the awards? I think yeah. so. Um, we'll work clockwise. Um, we'll, you know, each go like award, 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 that type of thing. Um, do mm-hmm. we want to go Peter, me, arm? Sure. Okay. Thanks for me. Peter, you first, your first award. We each have four. So yes, with the, with the gambling on my mind, I went back and I looked at all my stats from the previous year. And this is the guy who fucked my bank account award. And I gave it to one hitter and one pitcher. Um, the pitcher actually went back and looked at a lot of my games, and I found the one pitcher who I could never figure out. That's you, Mr. Johnny Cueto. <laughs> the Johnny Cueto, first, I bet on starts with Johnny Cueto seven times this season. I'm one and six. Um, <laughs> got him at the end of the year, but on an over. So every single time I had White Sox, because I was like, you know what? This is the day Johnny Cueto is going to throw a good outing. Nope. Got slammed. Unders, nope. Overs, nope. 
bet against him looked like Cy Young. Johnny Cueto could never figure out. He was a big advanced stats guy in the sense that his advanced stats looked way worse than it was on the surface, but the dude just got outs. Yeah. He was like the anti-Cal Quantrill. Wait, Couldn't figure him out. He's a free agent, right? Yeah. He's probably going to go to like the Red Sox. We should have highlighted him as an underrated free agent. He was kind of good this year. He was, about to he was turn this year. He had a 3-3-5 ERA. In 158 innings. And, and like even the underlying stats, like not that bad. Dude struck three, out 5.8 guys per nine and had a 3-3. Three, three, don't five. care. So yeah, that, that is crazy that you went one in six. On one in six starts. in Johnny Cueto starts. All right. That is nuts. That so is the hitter nuts. who wins the guy who fucked my bank account award, Gavin Sheets, again, <laughs> on the White Sox. Anytime I take an under on the White Sox, he drops fly balls to score runs in right field, but then helps his team out w- by hitting the home run. When I need the White Sox to win, what will he do? He'll miss a ground ball in the outfield or sail a throw coming home. When I need a run from him, he'll strike out on cue. When I need the over, Gavin Sheets looks like Mookie Betts in right field and then proceeds not to hit a single ball. So whenever I need you, you're never there. Whenever I don't need you, you look like Babe Ruth. I hate him. Sorry to hear it for Gavin Sheets. Yeah, whatever. Gavin Sheets, Johnny Cueto. Both White Sox. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Third White Sox here that I'm bringing up. I'm going to start with my most boring award, my successful audition award. Johnny Cueto is my AL winner. Brandon Drury is my NL winner. And by successful audition, I mean the best guy signed to a minor league free agent deal in Mm -hmm. 2022. Drury was signed to a one-year $900,000 deal by Cincinnati. Here he is. Was he an all-star? Drury, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, he was an. I all-star. mean, everyone was an all star this year, but yeah, yeah. Pujols and Miggy were all stars. That was great. Yeah. Um, Brandon Drury was as well, but Drury was an all star. He was, you know, flipped at the deadline. He was a, a good piece for the Padres down the stretch. Um, so Drury, the NL winner, and then Johnny Cueto, three three five ERA <laughs> in one hundred and fifty eight innings on a minor league free agent deal. I saw that's this guy crazy. Make, I saw him make his last minor league start, um, right before the deadline. So. Cueto signed, I want to say this was like May 1-ish when they realized that they were going to be without uh, Lynn for a while, I want to say. And, you know, they go ahead, they signed Cueto to like this prove it deal in Charlotte. And it's like, hey, if you throw well in Charlotte, you can crack the big league roster. There was um, fine print in his contract said, if you are not called up um, – by the time the rosters crunched down to 26 for the rest of the year, which I think was on June 1 or something like that, May 31, June 1, Cueto hits free agency again. Day before that, the White Sox add him to the major league roster, <laughs> and here he is just eating innings and shoving for the White Sox. I Screw mean, you, we, Cueto. <laughs> we talk about like wins above replacement, right? Both those guys, I think we're, we're two and a half war guys, roughly. Um, to get two and a half war from a minor league free agent is pretty incredible. I would love to see the, like the, the highest war seasons off of minor league free agency ever. Uh, I, I guarantee these are the highest in a while, uh, those two guys. So that is a cool award. I like that one. Thanks. It's funny. Brandon, Brandon Drury won me a ton of coin on player props. Johnny Cueto, screw you, Johnny Cueto. Yeah. It, well, splits God, right? Drury was a good splits guy. Huge splits guy, especially in, in a great American ballpark. You get a slow throw and lefty against Brandon Drury over one and a half bases. Thanking you. <laughs> Shout out prize picks. Shout He's going to make picks. himself uh, use the promo code just baseball or just gridiron for a full deposit match. Hell yeah. Wow. With the salute. <laughs>
That was hot. That was sick. All right. That was sick. My award. My award. Green light award, which I'm giving it to a pitcher and a hitter. It goes to the pitcher – or sorry, pitcher and a catcher. It goes to the pitcher and the catcher who surrendered the highest rate of stolen bases. So pitcher, obviously, slow as hell to home plate. Um, That's going to make it really easy to steal bases. Catcher, you can figure out why it's easy to steal bases on a catcher. Noodle. The pitcher. Can you guys guess who the pitcher was? You Darvish. Darvish, Austin Ola. No, close. Adam Adovino. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Project or or attempted stolen bases. 23 attempts, 19 successful stolen bases. That is an 83% success rate on Adam Adovino. Damn. It's not like there's some slouch back there. You know, it's either McCann or Nito. Like, those are good enough guys to, to, to throw you out, but Adam Adovino was a disaster. Jacob Stallings for the Marlins. You may remember he won a gold glove uh, for what that's worth. 61 stolen bases allowed this year on 75 tries. So he threw out 14 attempted base dealers out of the 75. Oh, um, That's not good. Yeah, not, not good. good. I don't know which one is worse. 19 for 23 off of Adovino is automatic. Like, I think I could swipe. Once I'm cleared to jog and stuff, which is like two weeks from now, right. I do think I could swipe a bag on on Adam Adovino if I if I get the right jump. Like Stallings, no shot, obviously. Adovino, I think I could I think I could get a bag on him. Here's here's my argument for Stallings. First, Adam Adovino, you'd assume as a reliever, he might be coming in in situations with a runner already on first base. And maybe you got a pinch runner late in games. With Jacob Stallings, Mar- Arum, the Marlins had a pretty good pitching staff. It's not like they had so many runners on base all the time. I think they were top 10 in some stats, but yet he easily allowed all of them to go to second base and with a, way more opportunities to do so. I'm going to go with Stallings as being worse there. Tell you what, you you give me the tandem of you Darvish and Austin Nola, I'm taking off. I look like Terrence Gore against you yeah. Darvish and Austin Nola. <laughs> I love it. Congrats on jogging, by the way. Uh, have you well, altered? I haven't yet. Yeah, congrats. Well, early congrats on jogging, by the way. Thanks. Now, my my question is, when they tell you, are you cleared to jog? Are you going to? Um. Well, so like, there's an inner conflict every time I cross the street in New York, which is like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to push it. I don't want to wait for another white cycle, and then you get the blinking hand at like five four and I'm like halfway there and I don't want to get hit by a car. So I'll, I'll try to do this like bullshit jog because I know yeah. I'm not really supposed to. The, I'll the definitely hit a jog then once I'm cleared. Um, no, I'll jog a little bit. I, running is objectively miserable, but yeah. you know, miserable. Now that I'm working back to something, yeah, I'll jog a little bit. Nice. The runner's high is one of man's great myths. That it's, ain't real. No, what? you're getting a high are, at are mile. There's runners, there's runners listening to this, bro. Some of my best friends are like, crazy runners all lying punching to you. air hearing that they're right lying now. to you that's not a real thing you want to oh. see me gasping for error at mile three when do i get high mile off three. It? Wow, three yeah actually that's 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 yeah so i mile point seven here's yes. my thing i'm sure it's probably a thing <laughs> like no, runners high i'm never gonna find out no it's not yeah. a thing they're there's easier to highs to achieve that require much less effort yeah and they're lying to you that's not real <laughs> That's all bullshit. That's to make them feel better because they know it's not true. And then they all got together. They formed a committee and we're going to be like, we're going to make up this thing to get fat people to run to make them think that there's a high at the end. I've tried. There is not. And they were meeting like underground at a pizza restaurant, right? 
what, what was yeah. that? Yeah. That was Pizzagate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from that. All right. My next award, the more dongs in the tank award, which is you led baseball in the difference between your expected slugging and your actual slugging percentage. So what that stat means is that you could have hit way more home runs than you did or hit way more extra base hits than you did. And then I baseball savant also has this cool thing. It's however many home runs you hit versus however many were expected. So the Such more a Yankees ass stat, but it's not a Yankee. It's actually in his division. <laughs> so the more dongs in the tank award is Ryan Mountcastle. Ooh. Like I said, Led baseball in the difference between expected slugging and actual slugging, 500-plus X-slugging. He had 22 home runs this year, but was projected 27.6. That was the third most in all of baseball. So Ryan Mountcastle, they didn't move the fence back 70 feet in Camden Yards. He would have had a bunch of dongs, more dongs in the tank award. Ryan Mountcastle, congrats. Arm told us he was going to hit 50 this year. Okay, well, hold on. this is such bullshit, by the way, because and this is perpetuated by by Javi Reyes, one of our guys is we do an episode which is like ridiculous, bold predictions for the season. And for whatever reason, like we disregarded everybody's predictions. And then we hold on to the, the one that I had of Mount Castle hitting 50. And everyone's like, you know, remember when Arm said Mount Castle is going to hit 50? No shit. It was a hot takes episode. Like what, what were what were your guys is like all right. I said, I said what? I said Wander Franco was going to win the MVP. I said uh, <laughs> Logan Webb was going to have a sub two ERA. <laughs> yeah, so we we're all real close. I can't wait for next year's. Uh, you know, we also year. have our worst takes of the season probably at the end of this episode too. I'm Shit, I gotta, to I gotta find one. Yeah, um, you didn't have any I, bad takes. Are, are you, you up, Jack? Yeah. Did you have another winner of most dongs in the tank, or just Mount Castle? Mount Castle. We didn't I split heard. it up by league. That wasn't anything that was communicated prior. No. All right, I split it up by league because I'm an asshole. Um, this next one is the League Pass Legend Award. Let me explain this. I think Aram knows what I'm talking about when I say League Pass Legend. Um, league Pass Legends are the best players on crappy teams in the NBA. So you're never going to see them playing on like ESPN or TNT. You're only going to see them if you have NBA League Pass out of market. So Damian Lillard is a League Pass legend, mm-hmm. but Portland's like kind of good. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander right now is a League Pass legend. Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin in Indiana are like League Pass legends right now. Mm-hmm. So Julius ben- Randall, oh, Ben Matherin. <laughs> You're just ben in Ma- Indianapolis. Like he's he's a League Pass legend. He ain't ben Matherin's like 22 a game right now. Ben Matherin's been hooping. Yeah, but Shea's but... like 32 a yeah, game. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I Matherin's mean Shea's a... better. Like Shea's a better example of a League Pass legend. Yeah, uh, De'Aaron you should have there. A League Pass yeah. legend. Yeah, you should have stopped right there. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Shut that's up. fine. But Halliburton, <laughs> Halliburton is. Um, I'm not going to get the basketball <laughs> combo right now. Uh, but the League Pass legend, the best players that you got to watch on MLB TV, you're not going to find them on nationally televised games. Shohei Otani in the American oh, yeah. League, League Pass legend. Sandy Alcantara, mm-hmm. League Pass legend of the National League. Those were the two guys that like whenever they were on the hill or whenever you knew that Shohei had, you know, he was he was facing a, a righty that, you know, was putting it in his wheelhouse. Like you had to turn on Shohei because he's Shohei. And then Sandy, you had to be dialed into every single one of his starts. And it's not like the Marlins were ending up on Sunday Night Baseball. Not yeah. Seth Brown. <laughs> You see not him? Seth Brown. Not Seth Brown. All right. That's kind of like the Ben Matherin of the uh was <laughs> it? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll hop in here now. We got the Andy Pettit Award for the best pickoff. And 
I was honestly expecting it to be a lefty. And Max Fried was up there. He's got a tough pickoff. But number one with four pickoffs, successful pickoffs last season, was Taiwan Walker. And wow. he's got a crazy quick move. Uh, he picked off IKF last year. And IKF said in a post-game press conference that it's the best pickoff move he's ever seen, um, <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, Taiwan Walker, look at the footwork. If you search it on Twitter, Taiwan Walker pickoff, he's quick with it. And he gets you at like the most awkward times. He's good. He's really good. So four pickoffs for Taiwan Walker. He wins the uh, Andy Pettit Award as a righty uh, for this past year. You didn't happen to have, because um, I assume, you know, with your past couple awards, you were in the base stealing department. Like you were looking at some sprint speeds, some pickoffs, all that kind of good stuff. Was there anyone that you noticed that was just awful at, at picking off anybody? Just awful? Maybe never in their career or something like that? Never in their career successfully <laughs> picked anybody off. Yeah. Well, I did John not Lester. see that. John, John Lester is a great That's one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like what are those guys? Anyone that you found or no? No, but Sandy Alcantara, low-key bad at holding guys on. But I will say that might just be because of Jacob Stallings. So I don't know. It is. There's the answer. It is. Who Who's affecting who here? Okay. My next award is the No Doubter Award. So you'd probably think that Aaron Judge would lead in No Doubt home runs, which is something that you can also find on Baseball Savant. You'd be right, but that's not fun. How about the No Doubter Award? but the maximum amount of home runs that you hit was 15 on the entire year. So I went into the, but it's funny. We got a really, really good player, but I wanted to highlight this player because every single time he hit a home run, it went to the freaking moon and he led all of baseball in average home run distance before I give the award. Any guesses? Yeah, that's a guess. What? Jesus Jesus Sanchez. Sanchez is a great guess. Great one. He was up there. Wasn't Jesus Sanchez. It's actually a very good player. It's a very good player. Very good player. Yes. So I, I stay with Jesus Sanchez. So Jesus Sanchez, obviously. <laughs> um, Yelich? The answer is Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh. Mm. Ronald Acuna Jr. hit 12 home runs of his 15 that qualified as no doubters and led all of baseball in average home run distance at 428 feet. Holy shit, Ronnie. He should just try doing it more. The No Doubter Award goes to Ronald Acuna Jr., who every single ball that he hit out of the ballpark was a fucking nuke. Yeah, instead of dressing like a medieval knight, maybe you should back off the plate two inches and try and hit balls to the stratosphere more often. Hell yeah, tell him, Boomer. Yeah, yeah. He had to hold after the ACL. He was like, "All right, I'm gonna hit 15 bombs this year." But when I hit them, they're going to the friggin' moon. Ground ball rate went up 16 percent this year. 16.4 percent this year. Yeah, no, no bueno. Yeah, but hit bombs when When he hit them. them. When he needed them, they went. They went. Okay, I'm gonna save the. I think my favorite for last. So I'm gonna I think go. Jack's with, up. You're oh, Jack's skipping. up. Sorry, this is in the Arm Leighton show. This is two, Jack. Right? Oh, what? What'd you say, Peter? Say it loud. I said this, the- this is in the Arm Leighton show. It's the Jack McMullen show now. Correct. My show. Oh, yes. Um. All right. I've got the Josh Donaldson Award. Um. The like Josh it. Donaldson Award goes to the player most like Josh Donaldson, and in the American League, Josh Donaldson won the Josh Donaldson Award. Uh, okay. Donaldson. Hit 222 with a 680 OPS, had a 97 WRC plus, had a 1.6 F war, made $23 million. I was going to say, that sounds like $20 million to me. Yeah. And he turns 37 years old next week. 
So who's the Josh Donaldson winner in the National League? Madison Bumgarner is the Josh Donaldson. <laughs> Bumgarner had a 4.88 ERA, a 4.85 FIP. He had a 0.5 F4, 6.3 Ks per nine, a 90.3 mile per hour average exit velocity against. He made $23 million and he's 33 years old. And he was incredibly unlikable in the whole process. Yeah. And that's the most important part of the criteria. So I was I was gonna come up with award um worst fastball in baseball award. Oh, um God. but I I didn't end up putting that in because I thought my other awards were a little bit better. Um but do you guys know what opponents hit um off Madison Bumgarner's fastball? Do you know what that batting average was? Mike Trout. <laughs> no, give me give me a real guess. What do you guys actually think? Three twenty seven. Three sixty. Five thirty eight. Oh Wait, no, no, no. How many times did he throw it? I don't know. But that's what I found. I'm look it up. <laughs> Go to baseball savant. Look at look at opponent batting average against his fastball. He had a negative twenty four run value, or positive twenty four, whatever's worse. The the bad one. The bad one. No way. I'll tell you. Remember, because he threw a lot of cutters too. So when he threw the four seam fastball, it got annihilated. Oh Jesus. Yeah, pitcher list is loading right now. Um, Aram, give me yours. Okay, so. This one's pretty dumb, but, you know, we hear so much about the advanced stats in the outfield, especially, right? Because we want to know how much range guys have and, and what they can do out there. But what happened to the good old fielding percentage with outfielders? Because that's the number one thing I look for in outfielders is fielding percentage. Um, <laughs> it's important to see how many errors these guys are making. And guess what? Of the qualified outfielders, there were only five, five outfielders who did not commit an error. And as you'll see, there's a direct correlation between elite defense and not committing an error in the outfield. And you might as well disregard outs above average because the group here, Mark Canna, Brandon Nimmo, Andrew Benatendi, Cedric Mullins, and Nick Castellanos. Fuck Those yeah. Five guys who did not commit an error and are the winners of the perfection award this year. Oh, also, I was just like so wrong on my batting average thing. Um, I just looked it up. It was actually 326. Oh my god, um, I almost nailed it. Yeah, you <laughs> I did. have I have no idea where I saw 538. A- opponents hit I can't even 26 with a yeah. 606 slugging against it. Were you looking yeah. at like the electoral college? I I I don't have an explanation for myself. I don't ha- even have an excuse where like, oh no, I was looking at this number that is 538. I can't find a single 538 number on any of his stats ever. So Man. Nate Silver's in your head. Just yeah, Nate up, Silver's just got straight you up lied. Up. Just straight up lied oh, <laughs> on <good>. camera. <laughs> I love that. Um, wow, Nick Castellanos, zero errors. Perf- One of these guys he was is perfect. Alive. Like I don't want to hear shit. Nick Castellanos was perfect this Listen, year in the, the playoffs. Outfield. You can't catch what you don't get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't boot what you don't get to. It, that is also a big part of it. So that's the most fucked up thing about errors is that if you don't touch the ball, it doesn't count as an error. So you can just stand under a ball, and if you fucking miss it completely, it's not an error. Yeah, dude, I can sit on my ass in right field and just only catch balls that are directly at me, not catch anything that's that I have to reach for, and I got a thousand fielding percentage, and that's why Nick Cassianos is big brain in the outfield. 
So I can't wait till somebody tries to tell me that Nick Cassiano sucks defensively again next year. I'm going to say, dude, tell him, tell him, look at the, look at the fucking field. Look at the fielding percentage and look at what he did in the playoffs. Yeah, dude, zero <laughs> errors in 2022. I, what do you want and me to then, say? And made a bunch of sliding catches in the playoffs that would have been caught in stride by the average pedestrian, but that doesn't matter. That's why I love baseball is there are so many stats now that you can make a statistical argument about any narrative that you want to push. Dude, I, like if, if the offseason gets gets slow enough, <laughs> I'll start creating like fake, just like obvi- obviously fake. I'll we'll acknowledge it before, but I want to see how strong I can make a bullshit argument with like stats like that. And, we should, we should start the rumor mills of just fake shit that we make up, but have like statistical backing behind it of just like crazy things that we can find. We I just did think Cassiano should be a gold glover, but that, that jokes aside, like he's not that much worse than, than Juan Soto was this year. So <laughs> correct. Correct. Um, all right, all right Peter. I have one more award, and yeah, I think you do too. Yeah, my last award. Okay, this is a two-parter. This is the Human Rain Delay Award and the Tempo and Pace King. Um, I got the Human Rain Delay name from Aram. It was a great way to describe the guys who, on the mound and at the plate, take the most amount of time in between pitches, and it pisses us off because we need the pitch clock now. But then I also want to highlight the Tempo and Pace Kings, the guys who get the game moving. A lot better than everybody else. So for the Need the Pitch Clock Award, which is now named the Human Rain Delay Award, yeah, the pitchers, it's actually a tie between two relievers, one in the American League, one in the National League. You're welcome, Jack. It's a tie between Jonathan Lewisaga on the New York Yankees and Giovanni Gallegos. Uh, Both averaged 25.8 seconds in between pitches. Dude, that's like a full verse. Yeah. Like that's (laughs) like a... That's crazy. You can make oatmeal. Explain this to me, but J. Cole. Yeah, like (laughs) that's a verse. verse. Like, think about that. 25, more than 25 seconds between each pitch. Like, and if you're anti-pitch clock, just like, just start, like pull your phone out right now and and hit the fucking timer and sit there for 25 point whatever seconds. And you know what? Let's go silent for 25 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've lasted shorter in other things that took less than 25 seconds. That's like an ad placement. Yeah, an ad placement. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Hitter. (laughs) Christian Vasquez, 22.8 seconds in between pitches. Get in the box. Get in the box. What 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 did you do? What what do you have to compute? gloves. What what do you have to compute out there? You step out, 22 seconds. Like, what the fuck? Could you possibly be doing? Here's my thinking. He's been in the league for a while. He's a catcher. He knows all the catchers. He's probably saying what's up. Probably talking to the umpire. Get in the box. Get in the box. All right. Uh, The tempo and pace kings. Pitcher. Brent Suter. Wow. Really? 12.6 seconds in between pitches. I was going to say Wade Miley. Wade Miley starts. Are Wade Miley's up there. Fun thing. I love watching Wade Miley starts. Brent lefty relievers just getting throughouts. Doesn't strike out anyone either. Just contact. Put it on the ground. Let's get in. Get out. I don't even know if he likes baseball. I think he's got, like got weird mechanics bo- too. So boring. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Hitters: Orlando Arcia, fifteen point nine seconds in between pitches for the Atlanta Braves. Get in. Get out. Good the stuff. Experience is typically miserable for Orlando Arcia, so I don't I don't blame him. <laughs> just just he get was this good there for a little bit. <laughs> Remember when people were, oh, well almost be included sometimes where I was like, man, is Orlando Arcia better than Ozzy Alves? Nope. Because <laughs> he was good there for like a month. 
He was good for a month. He was better than Albies for that month. Yeah, that month was electric. Um, All right, my last one, the quote, I've never seen this guy before in my life award. Mm -hmm. These are guys that like I, you know, saw in box scores or I was watching a game and and they pop up. I was like, who? Um, And and it it's hard to sneak dudes past us. Like, Peter, you said that about Jonah Bride. It's like, yep. Who is Jonah Bride? He was leading off for the A's. Yeah, I'm like, I, mean, I don't know who that is. I've never heard of him in my entire life. Yeah. So in Oakland A, I've got an AL winner, an NL winner, and then like your MLB winner, like a, the ultimate guy. My AL winner was Dermis Garcia, who played 39 games for the Oakland A's at first base. No clue who Dermis Garcia was. He slashed 207, 264, 388. Um, Ooh, in the NL. A slug guy. In the NL, it was Huascar Brazoband with, with the Miami Marlins. I was like, who is this dude? 33-year-old generic reliever that pumps gas. That's straight up disrespectful. And <laughs> and and Deremis Garcia came up with the Yankees, by the way. Um, that guy can swing it a little bit. No, he can't. <laughs> uh, but my overall winner is Buddy Kennedy with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I had never heard that name before. He played 30 games with the D-backs, had a 613 OPS. And the thing that I found interesting was I know Mike Trout's high school. Yes, I know exactly what I'm saying when he steps in the box if you're calling a Buddy Kennedy game. Oh, he was a fifth-round pick in 2017 at Millville Senior High School in Millville, New Jersey. See, not that anonymous if I knew that. Come on, get a better one. Also, my head, I believe 95th percentile sprint speed. Buddy Kennedy? Kennedy? Bro, you've yeah. got such a problem. You nailed Jack. He raked in the PCL. Um, Buddy put up Kennedy, really good numbers. I'm telling you, man, you nailed um, Peter. You missed it on the call up. He nailed Jack Peterson's WRC plus. Like he said, I think uh, Jack Peterson had a 144 WRC plus. And I savant it. And like two minutes later, I'm like, dude, you got to find another hobby. I mean, it's on electric. it. Jeremy Garcia, too, uh, if someone else can check this, I'm fairly positive, hit like a ton of nukes in Somerset in 2021. So A ton of nukes in Somerset in 2021 is is too vague. Buddy Kennedy, what percentile sprint speed did you say? 95th. Oh, my God. And what did you say? Arm strength? 25th. So 95th in sprint speed, 16th in arm strength. Oh, fuck. You've got, you got such a problem. Yeah, the allure of Aram is that he could recall that, but then also convince himself that the Marlins are winning 85 games. Yes, correct. I, correct. I convinced you too, asshole. You did. Um, Donation, thank you. Uh, Darius Garcia, I, I want to say, had more than 30 home runs in Somerset. But let's go to the my final one, which is ironic because we're going to have an overlap here. Um so we have you had 31 homers in Somerset. Oh, yeah. I fucking told you. Let's go. All right. Give it to us. So piggybacking off of Jack's, which is pretty funny, actually, I have the most anonymous f- flamethrower. I got two of them because I thought two were, were very funny and equally funny. Number one is Oscar Brazoban, who throws <laughs> fucking fuel. Um, and might have might be the Marlins closer. Uh, he throws fuel. And then number two is Bryce Montes de Oca. And you might not have heard of him. He's with the Mets. He came up for, I want to say, three innings this year. I think so, yeah. I think he had a 10 8 ERA. Um, I didn't write that one down. Yes, he did. Identical. Yeah. 
Jenny, and it, yeah. that's such an issue. <laughs> and his fastball, like, it averages 99.9 miles per hour. Like, this Easily. guy throws fuel. Um, no idea where it's going. He was brutal. And Oscar Brazilman was actually kind of good. But I wanted to just highlight the two guys with that averaged 99 miles per hour better on their fastball or at least hit triple digits. Montes de Oca averaged a higher velo. Brazovan touched triple digits. Those are my two most anonymous flamethrowers uh, from this past season. So if you guys remember, um, for all the listeners, Deoka, I think. Is that how you say his last name? Mm-hmm. So I remember I remember him because he surfaced on a pitching ninja highlight. And he was <laughs> on and then was featured on the Just Baseball Twitter. And out of nowhere, this guy's throwing 101 on the corners mm-hmm. with like a 95 mile an hour slider or yeah. something like that. And I thought to myself, what hellhole did this guy just reach out of? And then he, and then we never saw him again. <laughs> we never saw him again. Also, they, they talk about effort in a delivery. If oh you want to see a high effort delivery, go look at Bryce Montes de Oca throw a baseball. It's like I, I like I, I, I clench my arm a little bit. I can feel like his my might. ligament stretching. I can feel my ligament stretching. Uh, Montes de Oca, probably my favorite anonymous flamethrower. My other used to be Archimedes Caminero. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's now in the Mexican League. Look so, it up, Jack. Right? <laughs> no, I, I think he is. We brought up Archimedes Caminero in like the last two weeks on the Just Baseball show. I, I think so. He's playing with I think he's playing with with some some studs. He was playing with Jorge Cantu not too long ago. Stud. I would define oh, stud. Can you spell Archimedes <laughs> for me? Hell no. I think it's but it's A R Q U I M I No. M E D Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Impressive. So Archimedes Caminero. Um, oh my gosh. This is the longest baseball reference register. Oh, I've yeah. Ever. He pitched with the Pirates, then the Marlins, then dude. He was with the Marlins for a long time, then Pittsburgh, then Seattle. He was in Syracuse in 2019, but he was with the Yomiuri Giants in the Japanese league. Uh, right now he is in the Dominican Winter League. He was in Mexican ball this year, uh, but he is with Aguilas Cibaenas in the Dominican Winter League right now. And he's teammates with Melky Cabrera, Arismendi Alcantara, Johan Camargo, uh, Christopher Morel, John Nagowski. I love like guys like Nogo. These, and- these, these Winter League teams are always hilarious. So funny. This is wild. Johan Adon. Is this? Oh, that dude sucked. I'm Neft- surprised he didn't win an award for something. Dude, Neftali Feliz. Jose Quintana's down there right okay. now. Time out. You're looking at it, so you probably have the age. Peter, how old do you think Neftali Feliz is? He's not old. Because I know he came up as like a 19-year-old or 20-year-old. I bet That was like 40 years ago. I bet he's 29. No, no, no. He's 34. <laughs> okay. But, but I like, thought he was like 40 off the top, honestly. No, I, I, I thought he legit came up as like an 18-year-old, and his prime was 18 to 22. He was really here. He's 20. been a journeyman for, for 12 years. Dude, I mean, he was rookie of the year in 2010. He pretty much put up an identical season in 2011, and then he just stunk after that. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to be a reliever. Yeah, it's really hard to be a reliever. 
right. Do you think Devin Williams could be the next Neftali Felice? Like, is he just gonna <laughs> fall off a cliff soon and just be like, now when you've got that the just freak... baseball show in ten years, be like, Arb, do you remember how old Devin Williams is right now? It's gonna be like, oh, he's thirty five. That could be a sneaky one. If the changeup just does, stops working, he's gonna get bombed. Fair, fair. Um, all right, I've got my worst take of the year. Oh, shit. Peter, I think you have your worst take. Aram, mm-hmm. I'll give you more time to think about it. My worst take, I'd call Dave Dombrowski a fraud of an executive. Yeah, well, I was in on that one, too. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of like us tag-teaming that one, just trying to shit on Dave Dombrowski after yeah. they fired Girardi. And holy shit, that came back to bite us. Yeah, yeah. that's that's got to be both of our worst takes, honestly. Um, yeah. we, we, we circled back on that one and, and, and talked about it. And the worst part about it is – you know, we were wrong about Dombrowski from a baseball sense and like shit on him pretty hard. And then I, I you know, never really like had read anything about Dave as like a person. Turns out to be an awesome guy. <laughs> apparently a phenomenal human being. We saw that thread from, was it Brian Bannister? And yeah. then I sent the thread to Jeff Conine, who obviously was part of the Marlins team. We talked about this on Outside the Box with Jeff Conine. He was on the team in 97 that Dombrowski put together and they won the World Series. And I was like, yes, can you verify this thread? Like, is is most of this stuff true, you know, about Dombrowski? And he goes, oh, absolutely. I've been texting him every playoff series. And he gets back to me within two minutes thanking me and and is so kind about it. I'm like, fuck. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Just, like, not only is he a successful GM, he's a great guy and, like, answers everybody and takes the time to get to know people. <laughs> like, way better than Cashman. Way better. Like, bad take in baseball and also just, like, irrationally piled on a good dude like fuck us for that one so mean so yeah so my worst take of the year and i think it's the worst take i've ever had in sports yeah um but at the same time i don't know if we can cash it in yet because he still got more time. Started uh, a no oh, hitter. We don't know if we can cash it in this man. Started a no hitter in the World got, Series. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, you can you can find the bright spots of him, but there were some games where he did allow a home run or two. Yeah. So <laughs> and he has to he has to throw more than a couple of seasons because he could have just gotten lucky this season, and we've Fair. we've seen that before. Fair. Um, listeners of the Just Baseball Show probably know what I'm going to say. Um, first of all, appreciate you, just baseball show listeners. Thank you guys for listening along. Hopefully, you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And during the Thanksgiving, think about the worst take I've ever had, which is that Christian Javier was never going to make it in the rotation. Now, my thinking behind it, he was a swing man with the Houston Astros. He was not a very high-profile prospect either, and I saw him have two pitches, fastball and a breaking ball. Neither were incredible. They were good pitches, but he was throwing about 92 miles an hour and his breaking ball was fine. Um, And then what did he do? Well, those two pitches ended up being the best pitches I've ever seen. (laughs) The fastball had 75 inches of induced vertical break. Um, It didn't even matter if it was 93 miles an hour. Nobody could touch it with a 10-foot pole. And then the breaking ball, he could throw it like 10% of the time. Didn't matter. Nobody could touch him. And he looked like one of the best pitchers overall in the postseason. Um, but I don't know if we can cash it fully in yet because, again, he's got to still prove it next year, which I think is fair. I, I think I don't think we can cash it in until he's in Cooperstown. Right? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> if you think about it, what is proving it? Right? At what point did you prove it as a baseball player? I agree. And and Peter might have just been saying he's not a Hall of Famer. Peter was exactly what I was saying, Arm. Yeah, he said Thank he you. wasn't a Hall of Famer. He didn't say he wasn't a rotation guy. 
<laughs> he might he said he wasn't a rotation guy in Cooperstown. He might be all a favor one day. <laughs> that that we're we're going to that one. I promise you. <laughs> no. I'm there. If he's I'm if there. he's a hall of famer, we're going front and center. He's I'm so setting good. up my lawn chair in February of Christian he Javier's is, hall. Of famer. He is so good. That start against the Phillies, I'm sitting there watching him, thinking to myself, okay, it was the worst take of the season. It has gone to the worst thing you've ever said with your mouth. And that includes <laughs> me talking about the tempo and pace king and an instance where I might be less than 25.8 seconds. That includes that in includes there. Includes that one? Includes that in there. Also, yeah. when I was um um when I was saying, like, write down the penis – in terms of uh, fastballs, like right down the middle. Remember yeah. that, Jack? How you freaked out about that for an entire episode when I only said it once, and then you brought it up four other times. Yeah, and being like, stop really bringing it up. Weird, weird yeah, word it was, to say. That was on you, and now it comes full circle. Yeah. So, what if he comes out next year and just has like a wicked changeup? Is he the best pitcher of all time? Yes. Like, yes. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, if he, with with his fastball, if he comes out next year with a wicked changeup. This guy, I'm I'm laying cash on him to win like Cy Young. It's done. It's he like it's over. Leagues right now. He only needs two pitches right now. If you, if you give him a changeup, leagues fucked. Like give him a Corbin Burns changeup. Why couldn't he? Why not? Why, Why not, not him? Dude, opponents hit a buck eighty three on his fastball. Opponents hit a buck nineteen on his slider. That's insane. That is. Insane. Am I supposed to know that? How was I supposed Arm to does. That? Arm knows that well, off the dome. Technically, okay, that's one season. Outlier. Let's see what he does Outlier. next year. Okay. That's okay. facts. Let me pull that's 2021. Facts. 2021 opponent. Why? 090 why are you, why are on his slider. That? What was it? 090 on his slider? Yeah, but he's a swing. 482 of them. Yeah, not high leverage, though. Probably. Yeah, but also look at the expected batting average. It's a little exactly. bit better. On the yeah. slider, 097. It is a little bit better. Yeah. So why don't you fucking. Yeah. So that's honest. almost 100. Aram, we bought you an entire episode to think about your worst take. What's your worst take? Well, mine was fucking Dombrowski, no doubt about it. But um, I definitely, I definitely was a, a Glaber hater. Um, oh, ended Glaber, up being fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, <laughs> You better. Well, okay. Peter, it's a stupid bet that Peter and I had. That, oh, yeah, Cal. Well, Cal, yeah. Cal Quantrill, obviously. Oh, is, is, no, the other one. The other the, one. The, the <laughs> Trevor Rogers versus <laughs> Luis Severino, which here's the thing. If if Trevor Rogers was half decent, my rationale for the bet would have worked out, which was Severino's talented, never available. He ended up missing a bunch of time or a good portion of time this year. Um, but was fantastic when he was on the field and ended up pitching more innings than I think I, I would have expected. But Trevor Rogers is um, it, it was an F war bet, by the way, because I literally wanted it to be a counting stat, just accumulation of value. And fucking Trevor Rogers would have been better off not pitching. Like it, it was ridiculous how bad he was. So uh, Peter and I had a bet of who's going to have the better F war, uh, Trevor Rogers or Luis Severino. And Severino like won by default. Because Trevor yep. Rogers was so bad this year. Um, Credit to Severino, though. When he was on the field, pretty he was phenomenal. Which I, I knew he'd be good. But I was like, okay, if he only throws 120 innings and has a good ERA, like Trevor Rogers is going to throw 180. If it's slightly worse numbers, it's going to accumulate a better F4. Trevor Rogers fucking sucked. Every start was like negative F4. Um, and now the Marlins are reportedly willing to deal him. So. Yeah, I think that's your worst take. I don't think it's the bet. I think it's believing in him. 
believing in him. I still, <laughs> I still fucking believe in him. So yeah. you can't cash it in yet. Remember, it's just one year. You can't cash that one year. Some team's gonna give up a fucking haul for him if they. Try. I, I'm telling you. No, no, you, you and I are the same. They can fix him. You and I are the same. Christian Javier is gonna look like Trevor Rogers was last year. Trevor Rogers is gonna look like Christian Javier was this year. Yeah, they're gonna. Yep. It's like a Freaky Friday switch up. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I saw MLB Network put out like possible rotation options for the DR. Let's close on this because okay. Sevi <laughs> and Christian Javier, this conversation like that that spurred that. But the thing is, we're gonna have a whole World Baseball <clears throat> Classic episode. Like, yeah, that's, so, you know, so we're gonna make teaser. a whole thing. A little, a little teaser. I what I will say is, I, I saw this question. I, I can't find the tweet right now, so I can't credit this. But it was just posing a question. This rotation would be a top blank rotation in baseball. Um, Sandy, Javier, Framber Valdez, Luis Castillo, Freddie Peralta, Luis Severino. Top one. Best, not close. best in baseball, not even close. Yeah, yeah not close. But, not even close. Is that like an honest question? Yeah. I guess like, may, hey, maybe if, you know, the Mets. Luis had... Castillo's your four? <laughs> yeah, like that's crazy. I mean, yeah. Like that's not even close. That's that wild. would be the best. That is wild. wild. Did you see that Shohei Otani is considering a closer role for the WBC? I would love that. That's, that's what Peter it. preached at the beginning of 2021. Do you remember that? Another that was my worst take of that season. Yeah, Otani should it be was a that, closer. Otani should be a closer and hit. <laughs> I didn't think his arm would would hold up, and now he's one of the best pitchers in the entire sport. And that TikTok got so many views, but at the same time, so many people agreeing with me. So don't blame me. Blame the greater good. No, Peter wanted Shohei Otani to be cut from the Jameis Winston cloth where he played right field, came in, closed out games, and then met exactly. Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada postgame. That's what I'm saying. Wouldn't have that been more electric? No. Eh, I guess you're right. Yeah, no <laughs> shot. But um, I'm kind of like in on Italy this year. I'm excited to do our roster previews and stuff. Yeah, Vinny and Nicky Lopez. <laughs> Nicky Lopez Italian? I think he's playing for Italy. Really? I think so. Yeah, actually. I, I, know, I know I know Vinny Pasquantino and Nicky Lopez are both out in Italy right now. I is think Francisco they... Cervelli Venezuela or Italy? Cervelli is Venezuela. Oh, so Mike Piazza's on the coaching staff? Hell yes. He could probably hit like sixth for them. Yeah, I'm in. Back on the juice, allegedly. Is Rizzo Italian? He could play for Italy. Absolutely. Have you heard no that last way. name? Lars Newtbar is playing for Japan. No, what? that's a lie. Yes. Really? You didn't see this? How? No. Bro, I I don't know how. Quan and Lars Nootbaar are apparently in on playing for Japan. Who, who, who's playing for the Czech Republic? Uh, Max Kepler. Isn't he German? Yeah, no, he's just not even close. <laughs> it's the first name I thought of it. I yeah, just I'm excited for our roster previews. Get ready for that uh, through the, uh, the dog days of this off season also as we wrap up here just baseball merch yeah we're going to have a new black friday code i think the code is just going to be black friday and it's going to be a one day sale of just baseball merch we haven't decided yet whether it's going to be 20 or 25 percent We've got to crunch the numbers and see if we can, you know, make money as a business if we give you 25%. <laughs> just being completely transparent with the audience here. You know what? We might just lose money. Fuck it. You guys I think we'll lose money. Yeah, we'll lose money. Screw it. It'll be a one-day sale. One day sale. 25% off just baseball merch. 
Use code Black Friday. You can find that in our episode description because, again, we will be on a mini vacation from when, in reality, most baseball podcasts ain't giving you shit in the offseason, and we're taking just a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. And, of course, we'll be back on Monday. Um, Arm and Jack will probably, like, rank the top 10 second baseman in the DR or something, and then <laughs> we'll figure something out the next day. That's actually a pretty good idea. Arm, you in? a great idea. I'm in. Perfect. I'm absolutely in. With that. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.